Welcome to 5000 to 1. I'm Rob Tanner and this is the Athletics new Leicester City podcast and joining me, Matty Elliott, the Leicester City legend who uh, is still very much involved with Leicester City. He's got his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on at King Power Stadium so I can't think of anybody better to be joining me on a regular basis to keep you up to date with everything that's uh, that's going on uh, at Leicester City. Welcome Matt, welcome to the Athletic. Thank you Rob, what an intro that is, absolutely delighted to be on board. Looking forward to it. And what a perfect place to start with a, a victory and a return to form from Leicester City last night against West Ham United. Yeah, that was a bit more like it, wasn't it, for sure. The, quite emphatic, really, the, the, the response to sort of murmurings of criticism. Um, more sort of born through anxiety, I think, and, and concern that, that all the good work of the first half of the season was perhaps going to go out the window. I never really thought that was going to be the case. Having said that, seeing the performance last night and obviously the result, it, there was an element of relief, wasn't there? That okay, that that wasn't a mirage or a dream. That first half of the season, they are genuinely capable of sustaining that sort of form. They, they've had a little bit of a rough ride of late. Um, prior to last night's game, losing four out of six is is poor form in anyone's book. But you could sort of understand and comprehend the reasons why. And they got properly back on track last night, didn't they? The, the players had obviously sort of dressed themselves down as well as the manager having an influence. And I thought you, they sort of unleashed the shackles a little bit, didn't they? And not went for broke, but really took it to West Ham. West Ham couldn't handle them ultimately. And uh, yeah, wonderful result. But even sort of more importantly, the, the performance was back at, Back on vibe, wasn't it? And the atmosphere around around the stadium, the supporters were were bang on it, and that transferred itself to the players. Wonderful result, and what is it now? Fourteen points now. Yeah, head. got a great. Everyone cushion looks now. at that fifth spot, don't they? It's largely irrelevant, second and fourth or wherever, as long as Leicester in that top four come the end of the season. A magnificent achievement. Well, they obviously went through that rough spell that you just mentioned there, but the, the defeats to Man United and Man City and the double defeats to Liverpool, you could sort of legislate yeah. for them. Yeah. But then those defeats against Southampton uh, and Burnley away, they were the first real blips, the first real uh, problems that Rodgers has, has faced the City uh, manager, that, that little run of bad form. Yeah, that's right. And I think more so the, uh, the Southampton game, I think, than the Burnley, because... Though Leicester weren't at their best against Burnley, I felt they were the better side of the two, yeah. certainly in technical football terms and chances created, etc. But Burnley are that sort of side. You know, we've seen the, the result they've produced out of the blue against Man United at Old Trafford. Um, now, they do have concerns. But Burnley you know, battle away and they, they just won't disappear, will they? And they hustle and bustle you. And you, you could see sometimes... These days come along, really. Leicester looked a little bit loose, a little bit unconcentrated, <laughs> if that's a word. Um, defensively, you know, Johnny Evans a little bit weak with his clearances, and they, they just didn't seem at it properly. And you can see Burnley getting back, but Southampton, with the the degree of of change between the, the performance and results down at St Mary's and then at the King Power, and you're thinking, okay, mate, yeah, perhaps. How's this happening? You know, okay, Southampton have picked up, but not to that degree. And you're thinking, oh, maybe the tide has turned a little bit for Leicester. But they, they, 
regalvanized themselves, didn't they? You know, they dusted themselves down and came out with a wonderful performance last night. And I think that's just settled a lot of nerves. <laughs> Was there anything to be that nervous about anyway? I mean, it's still 11 points gap to that, that fifth position that everyone keeps focusing on. Um, takes a hell of closing, doesn't it, you know, for any team. But uh, you know, now they've extended that 14 points. All of a sudden, everyone's resting easy again. But um, still a lot of work to be done, of course. Of course, but yeah, it was good to see people back on song, wasn't it? Iozo Perez was a massive contributor last night, even before his penalty conversion. Harvey Barnes, he looked totally rejuvenated, didn't he? He's, it was. I'm not saying it was do or die for Harvey last night, but you know, he's... His confidence taken a little bit of a knock. Um, did well on Sunday on occasions, but he was he was superb last night, and it was much more like the free flow in Leicester that we've become accustomed to. Well, Brendan Rodgers talks about pressing the reset button during that poor run of those two yeah. two games, those two defeats, and getting back to the basics of what they're all about, which defensively the the press, and you could see from the first minute that the intensity was back, wasn't it? They would, they looked like they were really up for it. Well, I thought the performance was very very good from the first whistle. We were. Uh, played a really high tempo and speed in our game was good and creativity was good. So um, yeah, no, I thought we uh, we thoroughly deserved it and yeah, I was really pleased. That reset button was pressed very firmly, wasn't it? And for <laughs> quite a considerable amount of time because they certainly re-energised and back on song last night and give them a huge boost. We're coming on busy schedule again. We find ourselves constantly saying that. But FA Cup at the weekend, Carabao Cup on Tuesday, huge games, both of them, particularly the second. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, they come thick and fast, don't they? We, we know that. Uh, it's a problem that Leicester hopefully will be dealing with regularly uh, in the future with the possibility of, of European ventures. But um, that's all in the future. Deal with the here and now, but Leicester look to be back on song. There was uh, obviously one... Big concern, Jamie Vardy going off with what we initially thought or feared was a hamstring injury. It's a glute injury. It's not as bad as first feared. But he would be a massive blow if he was out for any number of games because he's been in such fantastic form this season. He would, of course. You know, it goes without saying, doesn't it? You know, the top scorer in the Premier League. Unbelievable achievement for Jamie Vardy, as it has been in his time at Leicester. But, um, yeah, I, of course he's a miss. You know, if he was just to miss one game. But we, we've seen panic set in before, haven't we, when Vardy's been unavailable for whatever reason. And Leicester have come through and coped more often than not. You know, even going back to the title winning season, there was, I remember there, there was general panic going on um, when Vardy was suspended. He got sent off, didn't he? Against West Ham, yeah. Yeah, and there was a little injury, and Ujoa came up and produced the goods. And more often than not, as I say, that Leicester have actually you know, come through that test when it has occurred better than people would expect. And I expect them to do so again if, if he was to miss a couple of games. Ian Acho, all of a sudden, it's not such a big issue now, is it? You were worried before. If Vardy's out, Ian Acho comes in. Mm, is he up to it at the moment? But um, the, the way he, he's acquitted himself of late... He, he looks a totally different player, didn't he? There's such assurance about his play as well. Even last night when he came on, it was only something quite basic and straightforward, but he received the ball straight away from a throw-in, nice and strong in possession, good touch, good little turn, played it out to Tillemans, Tillemans put Ricardo in, and that was his, his first impact on the game. And he, He's just losing confidence, isn't he? You know, he's willing to hold the ball up. 
he, he's out. He's looking at me even more of an athlete. He's outstripping defenders as he did last night for the penalty. Um, Iose Perez can fill in there as well. So it's not such the big drama right now if Jamie Vardy was to miss a couple of games. Well, that's right with back collection. I mean, last season, he looked the shadow of the player he is this season. Yeah. His confidence looked so low. Um, he, did, he wasn't attempting anything. He just he drifted through games. He wasn't contributing. Six goals in 11 appearances this season, and many of those have been substitute appearances. There's been a transformation of this, uh, this, this young player under Brendan Rodgers, and that's probably what Rodgers is renowned for the most, isn't it? The development and the boosting the confidence of young players. Yeah, I mean, he looks a different animal mentally as well as physically though doesn't he because you know just mentioned there he, he was getting knocked out of games not really you know having an impact when when he was playing or coming on a substitute and it looked like he's, he looked a bit down in the dumps didn't he you know, he's, he's come from Man City where obviously the quality of players that he's playing alongside and he, he was probably hoping that he could establish himself there as certainly a genuine squad member if not the starter that proved not to be the case. He'd probably come into Leicester and whether he'd admit it or not, subconsciously he's probably thinking, £25 million, right, this is a good move for me. I'm going to go and show people what I can do. And he didn't really get that opportunity too often. He, he, he didn't acquit himself too well, in truth, early on. But the way Leicester play and the form of Jamie Vardy uh, went against him, didn't it? And it, it looked like, like his head dropped even further there. And all of a sudden it was realisation that he might have to perhaps look elsewhere and that's not his intention he wants to be in the Premier League and his reputation took a little bit of a knock didn't it and th th that fair play to him he's he's, he's re regathered himself and almost refound himself really because I, I sort of question what his role is whether he'd actually found a position is he a number 10 he used to think is he an out and out striker can he play as a wide forward as Leicester do play with the likes of Barnes and Perez I wasn't quite sure where he fits in, but he's adjusted his game, adapted his game to to fit in wherever. And he's a highly valuable member of the squad now. And I think you can see that in himself. Seems very popular with the rest of the lads as well. Um, the supporters are backing him as well. And that wasn't always necessarily the case. There was a few groans and grumbles, weren't there? But um, no, well done to him. Well done to him. He's a... Uh, He's a vital figure now for Leicester City. Well, it's fantastic to see Wolf back because obviously his absence has uh, coincided with that downturn in form and a lot of people are sort of pointing to that as a major factor for uh, Leicester City um, not performing. But we saw a little bit of a change in tactics as well last night from Brendan. If, yeah. you, if you notice, Yuri well, Tielemans and, yeah. and Papi both playing as like pivot midfielders where it was always Wolf on his own. And James Madison dropping into a number 10 position as well. That was a bit yeah. of a change yesterday. Yeah, it was. It, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we saw Perez and Barnes coming inside as well and letting Ricardo and yeah. Chilwell get forward and yeah, take that Ricardo space. Ricardo especially, wasn't he? He was, he was outstanding last night. Um, scored one, assisted one, and the constant threat down the right-hand side. And Ben looked a little bit more like his normal self, didn't he? He was venturing forward, a little bit loose in possession on occasion but uh, yeah I, like you I, I was looking at that midfield pivotal area and I thought initially because you're used to Leicester playing sort of almost a 4-1-4-1 although they've tried different variations haven't they um, that's not something that, that uh, Brendan Rodgers is shy to try different different systems but I was thinking oh, this is bizarre because was it against Villa that Tillemans played in the pivotal role and it yeah. didn't really work, <coughs> did it? No. You could see why. He's probably thinking, get, get Yuri on the ball and try and 
you know, pick, pick the passes like he's, he's more than capable of. But defensively, it's not the strongest aspect of his game to be in that holding role. And I thought, that's bizarre. I mean, he seems to be on the left-hand side, is he? I can't see him venturing forward too much, really. But then it dawned on me <laughs> slowly that actually they're more of a holding two there. And Madison, as you say, in that number 10, genuine number 10, four, two, three, one. And I was like, okay, yeah. All right. And it, it was working. He had the facility of changing it if it wasn't. But it did, didn't it? And I think it actually gave more time and space to Tillemans, really, to, to just sort of slide forward. Obviously, Mendy sits a little bit more. But when moves were developing, Tillemans could just also like ghost into areas and then you know, have the ball at his feet facing the opposition's goal rather than being on the half turn trying to pick up those positions, which he's decent at, but probably Madison and Perez are more adept at. But... And then he had to play in front of him. Then then he could pick his pass and his slide rolled in behind the, the full-backs and centre-halves, etc. And I thought he looked back more back to his, his usual self as well. The role really suited him. Well, there was one defensive midfield option that wasn't available last night, wasn't involved, Hamza Chowdhury. And as you say, Ben Chiora was back in action. The, both of them were left out um, for disciplinary reasons at Burnley because they missed the start of a vital uh, training session. It happens, doesn't it? I mean, they're young lads, they made a mistake. The players have dealt with it internally. But in your experience, <laughs> Matt, your own experience, Matt, these things happen that players do sometimes turn yeah, up late. Um, yes, they do. Less so in the modern game, certainly publicly. At least, but um, and it's it's perhaps more frowned upon these days, and rightly so. Let's, let's get it right. I mean, you've got to be professional. You, you know, your your responsibilities are are very high, and you know you have to adhere to the to the rules that are laid in place. Um, and yeah, the interesting thing is that that the other players will self police to an extent yeah. as well these days. Less so in my day, where it was sort of broadly accepted that that was part and parcel of the game um, but the things have moved on and, and you know in a positive way Hamza and Ben without going into too much detail because we don't know the ins and outs have obviously let themselves down a little bit they'll pay the consequences for that they have done already in terms of being reprimanded and I don't know whether there's fines involved etc but you know they've missed out on on appearances and uh yeah, but it, it, the other thing is, as long as there's nothing too sinister involved, once it's done, it's done. Yeah. That's and that's it. Okay, it's happened now. Learn from it. Let's move on. Let's get on with business. And you know, Leicester did that last night, didn't they? Ben Chilwell in particular. You know, the, the players won't hold a grudge against those two um, for that uh, one misdemeanour. But they'll be having a little word with them. They'll be keeping an eye on the situation. Uh, they're still youngish boys, aren't they? They're yeah. still learning the ropes as well. So, um, I, Personally, I'll excuse them a little bit of naivety. I'm sure the manager will, though he'll be casting an eye. But, yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, scenarios were multiple back in my day. <laughs> I've got a few examples I can choose from. But one particularly tickles me a bit with Mickey Adams as the manager back in the day at Leicester City. And in truth, we were having a bit of a rough time. Um, things weren't going particularly well. And... And Mickey Adams, also, after a game, Jerry Taggart was injured. There's a reason why I mentioned Jerry. Um, so he didn't come into the change rooms after a game in which we'd suffered a defeat. And Mickey Adams said, from the, he went, right, from this point on, no alcohol whatsoever. He said, I don't care if it's a Monday or Thursday or whatever. And normally it's 48 hours before the game. He said, if we've got a game Saturday, 
I don't want to smell anyone or hear of anyone drinking at all. You know, at the end of the day, you turn up for training, so you shouldn't be, but it, it used to happen. So all players were meant to know, I hear about this in the changing room, but Jerry being injured didn't come in to the changing room. Ricky Adams told us to, to let the other lads know. I forgot to let Jerry know, didn't I? <laughs> so lo and behold, who comes bowling in the next day, Monday morning, after a Sunday defeat, um, was Tags. And he's he's been out. And Nicky Flanagan out. And <laughs> came out. <laughs> out, out. Yeah, out, out properly. And fumes coming everywhere. And But Tags had been injured, but was actually first day back in training. So he shouldn't have been out anyway. He's a naughty boy. <laughs> Straight away, Mickey Adams, was, and I had a bit of a knock, so I was in the physio room. Tags has gone out to train, Mickey Adams just smelt him, went, Jerry, back in. He went, oh, Gaffer, what do you mean, what do you mean? He said, have you not heard the rule? No alcohol whatsoever. Back inside, week's wages, mate, fine. <laughs> Tags comes in, a few doors crashing and boots flying around, and I was coming in to just um, see what was going on in the change room. What's up, Jerry? He said, that gaffer's fined me a week's wages because I, I had a few drinks last night. I was ah, oh, yeah, mate. I was I was meant to tell you something about that, wasn't I? <laughs> so I was meant to tell you yesterday. That's the the new mantra is like no alcohol at all. He went, you idiot! He's fuming at me. He said you've cost me a week's wages. But then that night, like an absolute fool, something happened domestically with me and had a few issues and like family problems and I stayed up and had a few drinks myself. And stayed up a bit later than I should have, thinking I'll be okay. And time ticked by. Um, wasn't the right way to deal with things, but I did. Next week, I bowled into training the next day. Mickey smelt fumes on me. And he said, not you as well. He said, I've done your mate yesterday. Now I'm doing you. Go and sit down, mate. Don't get involved in training. I went, but, but. He went, let's not fall out in public. He said, let's do it the gentlemanly way. Go back in the changing rooms. And you'll find a week's wages as well. And Tags was on the training ground <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> fist pumping, going, go on, Gaffer, give it to him. So it was like, all right, a couple of clowns. We've got to sell in a right predicament. But that was early on in the week, mind you, but yeah, still yeah. unacceptable. Yeah, okay, great story. Let's talk about the um, transfer window because we're well into it now. No signings at City at the moment, but we do know they're trying to bring in a centre-back at least to provide some cover. And the latest name is Yannick Vestergaard of Southampton that's been linked. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I wonder what you make of Yannick and what sort of centre-half City should be mm, trying to get yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at that, I think he's not one that obviously would spring to mind, to mm. be honest. Um, you look at him, perhaps I'm being a little bit harsh. I mean, he's a physical specimen, that's for sure. He's a beast, isn't he? But... Um, and he's done okay of late, um, to say the least. But I d I d I'm not sure he, he's necessarily what what Leicester would be looking at. Um, yeah, the greatest of respect. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps I'm saying the wrong thing. But for me, I, I don't think he's up to the level of Soyuncu and Evans. Um, Where's Morgan? Oh, by the way, unbelievable. Thirty six. I know. He's still going. Two days ago. And I think uh, Brenda wants to keep him for another year as well because of his influence you know around the club. He, he looks in fine fettle, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going off the subject there, but well done Where's there. I mean, I know myself, I was feeling the effects at 36 and that's when I retired. Wes looks a long way off it, doesn't he? But um, brilliant stuff. Um, Vestergaard, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, Leicester like to play a possession game and I think he can play. He can play for, you know... 
quite a robust and dominant centre half, but a little bit loose, a little bit erratic mm. with his distribution and takes a little bit of a risk every now and then. So does so, aren't you? But he gets away with it more often than not. But yeah, I wouldn't be dismissive of him, but I think possibly better options out there. Well, we see because there's been so many that they've been linked with over the yeah. last couple of weeks, and we know it's an area they want to improve. And ideally, I think they would like to get somebody in and then allow Philip Benkovic to go out and get some more experience on loan for the second mm. half of the season. At the moment, he's providing that bit of cover in defence. It'd be good for him to get out and play it on a regular yeah. basis, wouldn't it, Philip? And get yeah. a bit more experience of English well, football. when he's had experience with Celtic. Mm. He? I know he's suffered injuries, but by all accounts, doing very well. Um, different level of football that he's being prepared for, though. Uh, you know, at some stage you, you have to, you know, make that step up, though, don't you? You know, I, I don't know the mentality of Benkovic. I'm assuming that he's not content being in and around the 23s and on the fringes. Um, you know, he's young, but not that young. He needs to be playing first team football, as you say. Yeah. Probably, all things considered, a lone move. And if that was to happen. Leicester do need to look at bringing someone in, don't they? But Vestergaard is, again, not being dismissive of him. Are Southampton going to let him go? Yeah, at yeah. This moment I was surprised, really. Yeah. That's why this, this window is so difficult, isn't it? Because sides aren't going to let players out uh, mid-season and, and weaken their own yeah. hand. No, exactly. Yeah. That's what you, you think. With the best of intent, and Benkovic is more than likely going to have to end up staying, isn't he? Because he... Uh, like I say, there's numerous reasons why people aren't going to come, even to a club like Leicester City in January. But he might get an opportunity over the uh, coming weeks, as we said earlier in the uh, in the podcast, that um, the games are coming thick and fast again. I mean, people talked yeah. about December being a bit busy month. January is yeah, even more packed. The same, We've yeah. got, after the you know the game on the Wednesday night against West Ham, a lunchtime kickoff on the Saturday away at Brentford in the FA Cup. Then on the Tuesday, Tuesday the, night, the yeah. Villa semi-final second leg. Huge yeah, game. yeah, it's a good, it's a big, big week, and he's going to have to shuffle, shuffle the pack to keep his side fresh, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, it, he'll have different things to consider when he's certainly Saturday against Brentford, where I was speaking to one of my best friends, who's uh, bizarrely a Brentford supporter. There aren't that many of them, are they? But he's, uh, <laughs> he has been for years. Bless him, Carl. But um, his his assumption is that Brentford will make changes. They've got a big game against Notts Forest on Tuesday, yeah. and. They're pushing for automatic, aren't they? Leeds are threatening to chuck it again, aren't they? They'll be uh, looking over their shoulders. So that might work in Leicester's favour, irrespective of that. Yeah, I think without that, there's going to be changes, isn't there? Because it, it's not very often people prioritise the Carabao over the, the FA Cup. But I think in this instance, with the, the situation, his second leg looming on Tuesday, uh, it's, it's an enormous game, isn't it? And the big guns will be out on Tuesday, definitely. Less so at the weekend. But you have experience of a big pressure moment semi-final against Villa in 2000. Uh, I know. And you were the match oh, winner. 20 years ago. We've got the, well, it's a reunion, stroke anniversary coming up soon. Yeah. Oh. Not that semi-final of the cup final, which subsequently we went on to win. But yeah, the, oh, wonderful memories. Ironically, the last time there was a semi-final for Leicester City was against Villa. Similar scenario, same competition, two-legged affair. Uh, very tight at the f after the first leg, nil-nil in our case. Um, again, similar scenario. Let's hope for uh, a similar result, end result, with Leicester to go through by hook or by crook. I don't care how it happens. It wasn't particularly entertaining back in our day. But you just got to get the, the job done, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, too right. I mean, you could go there. It's irrelevant whether Leicester played 
pretty elegant football, isn't it? It's, it's who grinds out that result. Villa upset the odds against um, Watford not so long ago, didn't they? You were thinking, go on, Watford, Nigel in charge. And that's what we want to do, keep Villa down, you know, feeling down in the doldrums as much as possible. But they'll be on a little mini high after that. Obviously, they've got a game at the weekend. But um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, the players are looking forward to that. I still fancy Leicester, you know, even... Different scenario, obviously, if they didn't get themselves back on level terms, but that goal's huge, I think. It's huge. Villa know that if they open up and expose themselves, Leicester can hurt them. You know, they've done it before. and they Did it at Villa Park in the yeah, league, didn't exactly, they? Yeah, exactly. Vardy or no Vardy, Leicester have got the players to, to hurt Villa, and they know that. Right, this fingers crossed for that because it's a massive week and it'll be fantastic to be going down Wembley Way with, uh, yeah, with Leicester time. City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously next week when we're back again with another episode of 5,000 to 1, um, we'll be able to discuss hopefully a, and plan a trip to Wembley. Fingers crossed, eh, Matt? Yeah, plenty to look forward to with Leicester City as there usually is, isn't it? I mean, in my time, in different capacities, so many things happening. Some good, some not so good. It's never dull. <laughs> I was going to say Filbert Street then. Never dull at the King Power Stadium, is it?